0: We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. I want to take a little time this morning to look at um, still the presence, but different manifestation of it. It's like it's like a call to battle. Uh, Not outside of his presence, not as an alternative of his presence, but as an abiding in the very reality of all the expressions that he's given us. Time to kind of really pick up and take up the things that he's provided for us. What a privilege to be involved in the advance of the kingdom of God, don't you think? It's a supreme privilege. Uh, to actually be engaged by him in his eternal purpose. Did you ever think that you'd be called to do that? Matthew 11, verse 12, says about the kingdom suffering violence, but being advanced also by violence. You know, the, the kind of concept of a, a, a gentle Jesus, meek and mild, Is perfectly true, but not complete. There is a very definite element, and not just the violence that we think of as violence, but a very real active engagement in taking hold of what God the Father is saying and seeing it come to pass. Kingdom advancing by force. I think when I review the year, there have been some big battles not always ones that we talk about. I think we face some battles, some challenges. Uh, That can't be a surprise if we engage in advancing the kingdom (coughs) because there will always be battles in that. But I think personally, I've I've recognised more and more of a a sense of a a battle. Not things that you talk about a lot, but things that you recognise... I don't know, have you ever been in this situation where you say, oh, it's one thing after another? Yeah? (coughs) Oh, I'm just surrounded by obstacles. Is that a good confession? What does it say? The angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him. What What am I looking at? Am I looking at the visible... Or am I looking at what I can't see but is a greater reality than the reality that I can see? Are you with me? That there's a greater reality than what we can see with our eyes or understand with our heads. The greater reality is the angel of the Lord in comes around about. So I can look at the obstacles or difficulties or problems or whatever it may be. I can say, hmm... Now, this is not mind over matter. This is not being, living in a kind of glorious unreality. This is living in the greater reality of there's something more and beyond what we can actually see, and that is God and his purpose. So let's have a little look at this fighting thing. Uh, In Joshua 1, chapter 14... I think I won't turn to all these stories but you can trust me it's there and if you can't just look it up and you'll see it um, there's two and a half tribes that are going to cross over into the battle with all the others but their positioning was that they were going to stay on the east of Jordan and so they kind of I think, well, you know, it's really, really tough for the others. But, you know, we're here and uh, we've got our place and we haven't got a battle for it. Except for then, Joshua comes along and he says, yeah, but um, your wives and your children and your animals and all this thing can stay here. But he said this thing. He said, fighting men, the fighting men need to go out to war. And God has equipped us to be fighting, not passive, but fighting. Passive in terms of resting in God and resting in his grace and resting in his peace. But not passive in respect of the fact he gives us opportunity to war. Now you really are looking um, enthusiastic and excited, you know. Yeah, the idea of war. Be honest with me, just, just, just as a little sample. Is there anybody here that kind of, I mean, not now, of course, you're m- more mature and spiritual, but used to kind of like a fight. But I'm talking about something that God places in us to be part of his kingdom, and part of his people and part of his purpose. Fighting men go out to war. God has called us to be part of his army so we're looking how that might work out and how that might be of course then you get this thing oh well I, you know, I'm so weak but then we hear prophet Joel saying when I'm weak then I'm strong So we're talking about strength that God gives us when I'm weak then I'm strong Something that is not just the natural, something that's not just physical, something that is very real. That the weak say I'm strong. There's another story, You go over into Judges 8 and verse 4. And this is Gideon. And uh, his, his amazing story, I love the story, his amazing story of uh, his army, his, his battle group being reduced down to 300 from thousands. And uh, they're the ones that are selected by God because God has his purpose and God has different ways, and we don't always understand his ways. We just need to kind of submit to it and access it. And so there they have been fighting all day, 300 against a massive uh, force and gaining some victory. And then they come to the point, having been fighting all day, fighting all night, it's time to cross over Jordan. They are tired. We know from the scripture they're hungry. And some people, when they get hungry, they're not, they're not the most pleasantly disposed to keep on. Oh, I will need something to eat. I'm hungry. You know what I'm Now, I'm not saying that's how they were, but they were hungry. They were tired. They had fought all night and all day. So the Bible says... They were faint. I think, for them, they had a good reason to be faint. You know, be careful when you say, oh, faint with hunger. They were faint. They were not in the best natural condition. They were not how you would logically expect them to be. But there was something that was within them that said they were faint and yet pursuing. And indeed they did and went on to conquer and complete exactly what God had given them to do, but there was a push, there was a fight. There was something they were committed to, faint, yes, unable, yes, but pursuing, yes, because this is what God had said and what he was giving. I was looking at some of this, I came upon this. Uh, In 1952, there was a new business, just a staff of three. They set out to create a rust prevention solvent something for the aerospace industry. It took them 40 attempts to develop this material, the original secret formula for, guess what, WD-40. Named because it was their 40th attempt to get this thing right. Sometimes there's a need to be persistent. It doesn't all happen just like that. I want to talk more today, I we'll use some other examples, but, but the starting place of battle is actually internal. We'll use examples of the external like we have done, but starting place is internal. What I want to do is give you a number of scriptures so that you understand that we need the Word of God in order to deal with this, not just our instruction for the external, but the things that need to happen inside. So we'll have a little look at one of my, um, again, favourite stories, David and Goliath. I love that one. Just look at a few things there. In This is, if you've taken a note, it's 1 Samuel 17. Verse 48, it says this. And I mentioned some of these things, I think, back in December when we were coming together to pray. He said something, and I thought it was a very interesting little thing. He ran quickly to the battle lines. This is talking about David. Many of you know the story of the David, the young shepherd boy that was raised up to actually fight the, the giant Goliath uh, and thereby uh, resolve the deadlock in the armies there. The children of Israel could not move forward and he was used by God to resolve that particular situation, and dilemma. So, he ran quickly to the battle lines. What is significant about that is he didn't, he heard, he knew, he did not stop to kind of spend time thinking it through. Perhaps I should, perhaps I shouldn't. What if maybe it's too difficult? After all, you're just a boy. Look at the size of the opposition. You know, there's a lot of stuff that can flood into the mind. He heard, he knew, and he went quickly to actually do it. Something very important. We'll perhaps come back a little bit more on this one in a minute. Second thing, you see what he did? Um, this is, in again, in uh, the same chapter, verse 45... Rather than take and dwell the accusations of the enemy, what are you? You're just a boy. You're just a kid. How do you think you're going to come against me? Yeah, there he is with all his armour, whatever it was, seven foot or something tall. Uh, I mean, fearsome. In fact, the, the testimony was the whole army of Israel couldn't move forward because of the fear of this one person. And here he is, and he's saying, "You know, who the heck do you think you are? You know, what do you think?" But he talked back instead of, instead of actually uh, embracing and receiving what was said, he talked back, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's quite sort of colourful language. You know, he said to him, you, you know, come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me. Can you imagine he's like, like a little boy standing out like this, you know? It's quite intimidating to try and deal with that. You know, when my son was taller than me, I used to stand on the bottom step of the stair so that I could, I could confront him but not have to look up to do that you know this day the Lord will hand you over to me, I'll strike you down I'll cut off your head you know i kind of thinks he's sort of getting into it today I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, that's a kind of talking back Instead of receiving all the kind of negative fears and the things that were thrown against him, who the heck are you? You know, there's a good place to talk back. Not to receive, but to talk back, to quote the word of God. Because remember, the first place of dealing in battle is internal, not external, it's internal. And to To do that, we need to be armed with the Word of God to be able to do that, to talk back to the enemy. See, one of the favourite things of the enemy is to say, this "Just will go on and on forever. This problem will just go on forever. Really? Is that what God's saying? It's so easy to be embracing. And of course, when a thing has gone on for a period of time... You tend to feel poor and weak and unable and you can't go on. You're already in that kind of position. And then isn't it interesting? The enemy will say, you know, it's going to go on and on and on. But is that what God's saying? Is that God's answer into the situation? See, talking back, it's not about... um, some of this religious stuff about screaming at the devil. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actually coming with God's word into the situation. And remember, at all times, we're resisting the devil. It's not the problem. It's not the person. We're resisting the devil. We stand and we're encouraged in uh, Luke ten nineteen, in particularly clear in the Amplified, to stand in the authority that you now possess. Because God has given us something, a greater authority, an ability to speak against and to come against these things that the enemy would say. This is part of battle. See, we mustn't think the battle is always just something that is on the outside. it starts with dealing with the attempt of the enemy to intimidate internally and deal with their mind and mess our mind up. Standing in the authority that you now possess that God has given, it causes us to say, I can do this. This is what I want us to particularly focus on. I'm going to call it the internal growl of the Holy Ghost. You know? you remember when we sang that song this morning? Um, that, I think in the third verse of that song, and the angels will roar. I, I think God's... God's calling a people who will tune in and hear that, receive that growl of the Holy Spirit. You've got to deal with the mind things. But also let that thing, we we'll come look at that a little bit more. First area of battle then is within. See, I've heard... Last week, various times in testimonies, I heard the growl of the Holy Ghost. Now, that, that's not a biblical term. That's my term, all right? Something that just comes up from inside. Testimony: I decided I would not be part of that. Where did that come from? I chose to make a difference. I determined to make a stand. I saw this was an opportunity. I received God. I saw this need. You know? When Lucy November talks about two young lives and all what God's doing there, I I just come back to something that stirred within her. That's the growl of the Holy Ghost. That's that thing that motivates way beyond anything else. God at work within us. You know, when David with Goliath, I felt when he said, uh, before the actual confrontation, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that will defy the armies of the living God? There was something that was the growl of the Holy Ghost rising up within him. And, of course, around him was everybody that was intimidated, even his own brothers that actually carried the intimidation onto him, but they were all intimidated. Who is this to defy the armies of the living God? And then, of course, later on, his, his call was that the world may know that there is a God in Israel. can't you just feel that that something that's... goes beyond it goes beyond the rationale goes beyond reason it goes beyond what is acceptable and normal it takes us into the realm of God and his word and his purpose but let's come back to this dealing with the thing inside 1 Corinthians 10 13 no temptation I'm going this is from the Amplified again regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful, and this is how it is not beyond resistance. God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and he will not let you to be tempted beyond your ability to resist, but along with the temptation he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well so that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. Notice the Amplified Version. (coughs) It's basically saying there's a promise that there's nothing that can defeat you. No temptation. Nothing can make you sin because you have dominion over sin. That's a promise. It's there in the word. No temptation. God provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That is not a declaration of defeat. That is not a remedy for surrender to the enemy. I don't have to succumb to this. I have something which is which is stronger, which is more powerful? Don't have to do this. The battle of the mind, discouragement, which destroys hope, and that's often caused, of course, by the wrong thoughts. Be careful now, because I'm leading up to something, all right? Wrong thoughts. Romans eight verse one: There is now therefore no condemnation to those who love God who accord according to his name in Christ Jesus if it says it then the power is always there everything that God says comes together with the power to make it happen look at this one Psalm 42 verse 5 why are you downcast O my soul I will yet praise him but this is the issue Proverbs 23 verse 7 As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. As a man thinks in his heart. When it says heart, I mean in his internal being, so he becomes. You see, if we entertain the accusations and thoughts of the enemy, that's, and it happens to all of us, but that's where the first battle is. That's where the first call is that's where the first growl of the holy ghost can come you don't need to submit to that because god has said this the power that comes with his word and in his word as a man thinks so he is submit to god resist the devil and they flee from you how about this one this is two corinthians again i'm using the amplified verses 10 4 to 5 The weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Fortresses are things that would seek to take root and become encamped and strongholds in our mind. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. We are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Battle is within the mind before the battle is without. Let's not confuse this with people. People may be used by the enemy against us, but let's not get focused on, on people or things, Right? right? We're talking about something of a, of a deeper level. In fact, the Bible tells us very clearly that God empowers us to come in the opposite spirit. If your enemy is hungry, serves him right. I hope he starves. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If somebody takes your coat, give him his shirt as well. See, it's a a complete opposite spirit. So get this, it's important. We're dealing on the one hand with the attack of the enemy and we're looking for that, that growl of the Holy Ghost, pulling down those thoughts which are not helpful. We're not dealing with trying to uh, get something over on people, even people that are behaving wrongly. We're dealing with an enemy. Are you following me? Are you sure? Do you want me to say it again? I love that scripture, Romans twelve twenty, telling us to do these things, you know, be good and kind to those who persecute you. You know, there's the one that says about, uh, in so doing, you'll heap coals of fire upon their head. I used to think, yeah, if you're nice to them, you get them back. You really give them what for? Until it, it was explained to me one day that actually the picture of heaping coals of fire, people used to carry um, embers so that they could easily start the next fire wherever they were going or whatever because you know, there was no gas or electricity then. So. And they would carry them um, on their head so, if you give heat coals of fire, you're doing something very kind and very helpful. I thought, ah, right. Blow. Oh, I thought I got a chance to get them. But no, I have to come back to God's way. Overcoming evil with good. Soft answer turns away wrath. By the way, that applies to social media as well. So easy to answer a snippy email or WhatsApp with a snippy response doesn't make it right because it's not verbal however it is whether it's social media or verbal god's still telling us how it should be soft answer turns away wrath bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind in romans 12 verse 2 therefore if that's going to happen we have to come back to how's that going to be Wherewith how shall a young man cleanse his ways but by taking heed to your word Lord? see there's a there's a God has got it, the whole thing settled and sorted out for us. how do we do these things? we need to know the word of God that's why um, at the current time we've done walks through the Bible to help us kind of get a more of a taste for it now we're doing the encounter Bible study so that different ones can, focus on a whole range of different uh, subject matter and ways of approaching so that we actually catch hold of what we need if we're going to be engaged in battle. That is, we need to be having and knowing the Word of God. In fact, knowing the Word of God, using the Word of God, helps us to get delivered from the kind of Binding spirits that would seek to have us wrapped up in things of the mind. Things that trouble us of the mind. Very, very important. You say, well, well how, do, how do you do that? By believing. And it's a progressive thing. You know, It's nice if everything happens just like that. But in many of these things, it's progressive. It's a work over a period of time. And this is by simply believing and confessing. Remember the power of confession? Confessing God's word, what God is saying. Instead of just repeating what the enemy is seeking to feed in of fears and doubts and queries and problems and actually to be confessing the word of God. But you can't confess it if you don't kind of know it. So it's really, really critical. It's not just because oh, you know, I'm a Bible student and I read the Bible right the way through every month and, uh, uh, and I, I can quote you all sorts of things. No, 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 no. It's actually receiving, believing and confessing. You understand that? You believe with your heart and you confess With your mouth, the power of confession very, very important. See, you can confess. Oh, I've had a terrible time. You know, the car's broken down. Uh, I always think about the those uh, those um, songs. What do they call it? Not uh, country and western. You know, the dog died. The car's broken down. The wife's left me. I always think it's funny because if you play the record backwards, you get your dog back, your car back, and your wife, you know. <laughs> it's, it's easy to go, oh dear, what a state, what an awful thing. Or you can confess God's goodness. If we abide in the word, John 8 verse 31, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mark 4, verse 24. Careful what you're hearing. Be careful what you're hearing. Think about the word. It leads to more power and more ability. Okay, so here we are. That's my little question. Are you ready? Think about what you're thinking about. Go on, do a little exercise now. You've been listening to me intently. See, can you understand that that the first battle, the internal battle, is is the mind, bringing every thought into captivity, particularly those which are not coming from God, but they have a drawing down negativity about them. Bring every thought into captivity. Ephesians 2 verse 3 tells us that we're able, get this one, we have been given the ability to resist the impulses of the flesh, we've been given the ability, we've been given the ability to resist the impulses of the flesh, where we look, what we dwell on, how we do video replays of situations and things that were said that, we didn't like or actions that hurt us we have been given the ability to resist the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind this is this is what we've been given now daft if you've got something that's pretty useful and you don't use it don't you think able to resist the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind. That's what I find myself having to do. Seriously, folks. I can wake in the night. I can be sitting studying at my desk. And the mind will want to go somewhere else. I found that, yes, God has given us and given me the authority to bring every thought into captivity and the sneaky way that the enemy will constantly seek to use that, that is the first place of battle. I will not, by the power of God and by the fact that I've been given the authority to bring every thought into captivity, I will not follow that train of thought. I will not allow it to develop in my mind. I will not give it brain power or mind power I don't have to because what God has provided Romans 12 verse 2 be transformed by the renewing of your mind wow that's the starting place Philippians 4 verse 8 set your mind, fix your attention on whatsoever is true, pure, noble, right, lovely, admir- admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. So let's come back to my question. Not just now, today, but come on, guys. What have you been thinking about? What you have been thinking about? See, this call to battle has to start internally. What are you thinking about? what fears what revenge what devious things now I can't do this for you but I tell you what if you do this God will help you Lord help me what have I been thinking about I want to come into battle and I want to start with a battle that's internal Lord, will you help me? Yeah? Look at me. Will you help me, Lord? Will you help me? Because I want to change what is happening. This is not mind over matter. This is the power of God, the Holy Spirit, that enables us. I want to be in that situation where I'm not dealing <coughs> with the thoughts of the enemy, but God is able to cause one of his thoughts One of his feelings by the Holy Spirit to be a growl within, to actually rise up. That word of faith that rose up in David. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And that the world may know. Where did that come from? That came from something that was within. A deep growl of the Holy Spirit. Now it can come in different ways. I'm going to conclude on this. It's not just one way. It can come, like with David, for an advance, an attack. It can come, like I've already said, I've been hearing even in this past week, that resistance, something inside that says, no way. Something that says, not for me. No, I don't have to be like that. Something that is a resistance It can come, the growl of the Holy Ghost can come in a a whole new determination. I'm not talking about the strength of character. I'm talking about something that comes up from within. By his power, I can do this. Or by his power, I can see this happen. It can come in that prayer of intercession, calling on God's help, In a totally different way as we intercede. The call for battle. Because battle is a particular way where we access the presence of God. I want to experience more of the growl of the Holy Ghost. That's something which is compelling places and it touches and it affects the whole of my being and what I'm going to do and what I'm going to think and it gives a focus see that's God's battle he's not kind of cutting down people this is achieving his purpose are you with me? can we ask God that he give us that yeah that he'll do and help us if we say i want to check what i'm thinking i don't want to spend brain power in the wrong direction i'm going to pray lord we are not interested in just just listening to about your word we believe lord that you have brought us into a fight to see the kingdom advanced by force, by violence, in your way. We believe, Lord, that we have battles, we have seen battles, we're in battles, we will face battles. And Lord, in order to prepare the more for that, we're asking now that you would help us in being doers, not just hearers of your word, to receive the first starting place of battle, the mind. That, Lord, that you would cause us to think about what we're thinking about. Lord, that you would enable us to tune into you. And We pray, Lord, that we might experience the growl of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's the one. Then on the third, at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. And that's why we can pray these prayers, by the way. Yeah? Oh, trampled death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. Amen? Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church.